Welcome to the 277th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with New York Times, USA Today, and Wall Street Journal bestselling author T.R. Reagan. T.R.'s latest novel is Don't Make a Sound. Stay tuned for the interview. Consider expanding your reading list and adding to your to-be-read pile with an author of color. You could consider Charles Saunders. Saunders is an African-American author and journalist currently living in Canada. Saunders' most famous novels are the Amaro novels, which are sword and sorcery novels set in a fictional Africa. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Teresa Reagan, who writes thriller novels under the name T.R. Reagan. With multiple bestsellers on the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today list, Reagan has sold more than 3 million books since her 2011 debut. Reagan's latest novel, Don't Make a Sound, has just been published. Teresa, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jeff. I'm glad to be here. Great. Well, if someone listening hasn't heard about your new novel, Don't Make a Sound yet, how would you describe the novel? Um, it's about, I would describe it as um, dark, but I always try to um, write about people who have had horrible things happen to them and then they, but they are survivors, they're not victims. So in this case, Don't Make a Sound has three sisters, because I grew up with a lot of sisters. So I was excited to write about three sisters who they all have disturbing past, but they're all trying to get through and move on with their lives, but they all handle what happened differently. And then when the youngest sister, who is a um, crime reporter in Sacramento, she when their grandmother dies, she returns um, to their hometown. And after the funeral, a young girl is murdered and she stays to investigate. And she unburies all kinds of... Um, family secrets she did, she knew nothing about. And really this book is, there's two stories weaved together, but they're connected in some way that you'll learn as you go. Um, but the other story that's weaved in is um, five women on a secret online group. They get together and they team up to go after men who had brutalized them. Um, and it was fun to write about because it's like, you know, it's one thing to talk about going after people that harmed you, but it's another thing to actually do it. So that's and, what it's about. And do you remember the original idea that led you to write Don't Make a Sound? It really was the three sisters. I just started with, oh, hey, I want to do, because I, I usually have women, strong women in my books. And whenever I'm writing one series, I'm usually, my brain is thinking about the next one. <laughs> and I knew I, I was going to write about three sisters. I knew one of them was going to be a journalist and another, the sister helps her. And um, yeah, so that's how that. And so did you know that you wanted to start a new series and a new character with this novel? Yes, I knew that. And then I just do little tidbits, like I figure out a name. I, I figure I try to figure out, okay, who is she? And, um, and I'm a pamster. So I just, you know, go to the blank page and get going. Great. Well, what were your earliest memories of reading fiction and books? 
Gosh, my earliest memory would be Charlotte's Web and where the red fern grows. And I'm, I'm, I usually always stick with a lot of the popular books at the times. Um, my, I had a good friend back before high school even, and she read a lot of the classics. And that's when I realized, oh, this is interesting. Reading's fun. And I liked reading, but I never once thought about becoming a writer until um, later. And, and what was that path to publication for you for your first novel and, and as a writer? It was crazy and long. Let's see if we have <laughs> enough time. I'll try to I'll try not to talk too fast. But um, I was a legal secretary at a big corporation um, at the time in Walnut Creek, California, and I was on leave of absence pre- and pregnant with my fourth child. And I was bored out of my mind. I think I was watching a soap opera and just bored to death. And my sister handed me a my first romance. I'd never read a romance. And she handed me Jude Devereaux's A Knight in Shining Armor. And I'm telling you, um, it just took me to another place, another time. And it was so amazing that escapism I experienced that day that I started writing that day. I literally started writing that day. That first book, I decided, of course, to write a medieval time travel, which took the whole process took me five years because of all the research I had to do. I didn't have a computer. There was no Google. If there was, I didn't know about it. So I'd go to the library and um, it took me five years to write my first novel. And then I decided, okay, now what do I do next? I went to the library. I found a book that listed all the agents and editors. And I started sending it off and I celebrated my first rejection because I'd read um, that was part of the process. That's what (laughs) happened. So I was super excited. Okay, got that under my belt. And then then I, I wrote another time travel and then I signed with an agent and that was exciting. I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to get published soon. So now maybe seven years into it. And then I joined RWA and I went to some conferences. I didn't have very much money. So I, I stayed with authors in hotel rooms, I, people I'd never met. And I would just run from workshop to workshop, just learning everything about point of view and dialogue and, and, um, do I mean really I was working hard and I was writing every day and like I said I had four kids and um suddenly I was a stay-at-home mom because daycare was so expensive it was cheaper for me to stay at home and I'm not I wasn't the type of woman that wanted to stay home with four kids so the writing kind of saved me there but but I really didn't think it was going to take that long and by now I'm going like 10 or 15 years I had um And were you getting rejections during all this time? I was getting rejections and it was, and my husband would hate bringing me the the mail because there was usually a rejection in there. And, but I had, um, what kept you going? I mean, that's a long time, a long time. You know, what kept me going was these contests. RWA had the golden heart for unpublished writers. Mm -hmm. I was, um, nominated six. I have six, um, awards, for the, but I never won. I was always nominated um, six times, though. So those kind of things kept me going. And then I would cry. I would get a rejection. I'd cry. I I don't know why I was so determined. But once I started writing that day back when I read that book, 
I was determined. I wanted to see my books on the shelves. It was never about money because I, I actually by then was critiquing with other published authors and I knew that they weren't making a, a lot of money. Right. So I was thinking my husband and I would joke, okay, if I could make 5,000, 10,000 in a year, we could go on vacation. Um, and I just, I tried quitting cause I was very frustrated. It was probably 15 to 18 years into it. And I, and I was just like, okay, this is dumb. I don't think I do want to write for no reason. And so I quit for six months. I couldn't do it. I wasn't happy. And that's when I realized, okay, I'm going to write for me. I'm not writing to get my books on the shelves. I'm writing for me and I'm never going to stop, but I'm still going to try to get published. And I just stayed determined. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, what I mean, you talked about getting cry when you um, were rejected, and you're talking about I think you said 15 or 18 years. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so, what what tell me about your first book that was published? That must have been like an amazing experience. Oh what, my what gosh! Happened? 2009. My husband told me to self publish, and I thought that was cheating at the time. No, nope. I'm doing this the right way. There's you know one of those publishers is going to take me. And and by then, I had signed with my second agent. And we almost sold to, I believe it was Grand Central. And I worked with an editor there. I added 20,000 words and then crickets, nothing happened. And so those kind of things, it was like, okay, this is crazy. And um, I would get really close. And then in 2011, I'm with my yeah, second agent still. And I decided um, my, my that fourth child that I was pregnant with was going off to college <laughs> and I, and I needed to make money and I had no reason to stay home anymore. So I was going to get a job. You've had your chance. And I decided I'm going to self publish. I saw that a lot of my author friends, well, a few of them had, had done it. And I knew my agent wasn't interested in my romance. Oh, because by, Oh, once I saw Lisa Gardner had switched during that 18 year time frame. Lisa Gardner had switched from writing romance to thrillers. And I thought, I'm going to try it. And that was huge. That was a big turning point because um, doing the serial killer, th um, killing off characters that um, was very therapeutic. And that helped me kept going. And, and I love to read thrillers. So it all kind of made sense that I would write them. And that really kept me going and took and that's when I think I found my voice. And that was a huge big deal. I'm sorry, I'm getting I'm getting to your question. No, no, no I'm, I'm I'm loving it. Keep going. <laughs> okay. And then, um, so my agent, I told her, well, you're not interested in my romance. I'm going to self publish um, that, and she said, fine. And so, they I learned HTML. There were no formatters that I know of at the time out there that you could buy. You know, have format mm -hmm. your book. And I found someone make me a cover for fifty dollars. And I did my I, my own HTML coding to get the book up on Amazon. And those books started selling like crazy. My husband couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. It was, um, you know, you don't get paid for 60 days. So it was hard to believe this was really happening until you actually saw a dime in your account. Mm -hmm. But I was selling a thousands. I mean, 30,000 books in a month. It was, it was crazy. And it was so much fun and so much, so exciting to know that I could have readers decide because I'd always felt like there was five editors in New York deciding who was published. 
And forget that. I'm let readers decide. So I told my agent, okay, I'm I'm parting ways because I want to put my thriller up there because by then I loved it. I'd finished it, and um, she like she did like my thriller, but she wanted to sell it to to a publisher I wasn't interested in. So I put that. That was the game changer, Jeff. I mean that book um, abducted my Lizzie Gardner series, it hit, it stayed in the top 20 for months. And that's when publishers, all these publishers that I have rejected me started <laughs> emailing me. And I'm like, and, and Amazon emailed me and I had sold at this time, I think it was 2012. And um, so I had already been selling some of those romance and, and just started selling this thriller. And I realized, okay, that I found my niche. It just took me 20 years. And I had sold 350,000 books on my own. And I thought that was such crazy. That's, you know, it's just still surreal to me. And um, and so what was your responses when you were getting these emails from publishers? I, I was blown away. I was talking to agents. It was, this was this crazy town. I still can't believe it. I really can't. And it was, I think I talked to Alan Turkus at Amazon and I really, you know, they they paid a higher royalty and they were telling me they could sell way more than I had already sold. And I thought, wow, if they can sell more than 350,000, I'm going to give this a try. And I, and I liked them because first of all, they hadn't rejected me <laughs> in the past and they were, they thought outside of the box, you know, you got to work on your own cover. You got to have a lot of input on your book and everything that happened to it. So they're the ones that suggested I keep writing in the Lizzie Gardner series. And it was just awesome. And now I'm writing my 16th book with Thomas and Mercer. And so it's been amazing. And so with Thomas and Mercer, is it like a traditional publisher? Do you work with an editor? I work with, and as far as I know, since I never got to work right. with a traditional <laughs> publisher, but I talked to a lot of authors over yeah, the years yeah. and I knew what to expect. And, um, yeah, so I work with an editor and then um, not only an in-house editor, but um, a freelance editor. Right, right. And we work for a whole month going back and forth. Mm -hmm. And the editor will give me a schedule and say, is this good with you? And we go back and forth for a month. And then I get a um, copy editor and then right. a proofreader. So, so that's another two weeks. So it goes a month and a half to two months of editing, and um, which is awesome. So. And so in those, in those 15 or 18 years, I'm sure you never imagined that, that this would be the, the end result. Never, never. I, I'm not kidding you when I say I still pinch myself. I mean, things that are happening, this is insane. Um, I, I can't believe it. I just can't. And the only thing I give myself a, a pat on the back, I don't know if I'd even call it that, but just that I still always want to improve. I have wanted to improve since day one. I still want to improve with my writing, with everything I read every night. Um, so it's definitely my passion. So I found my passion. And so how many uh, books have you published since that first one, which I think you said was in 2011? Um, I, I think I published about eight, at least eight of my own self-published. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and then this, like I said, I'm writing my 16th. So there's 15 out there with Thomas Mercer. So we're talking 23, 24 books, maybe 25 gotcha. um, all together. Yeah. 
So what is your oh, writing when process? I was, before go, I was go ahead. Published, go. I would give myself um, deadlines. So that's something I think every writer that's unpublished should do. Give yourself deadlines. Pretend that someone's waiting for it. That's how I kept writing. And so what is your writing process now when you sit down to start work on a novel? Do you have the novel in in your head um, or is it literally um, you're writing each day and it's kind of you're coming new to the page in terms of the plot and and what's going on? It's really weird because like I always have a it feels like a zillion story ideas in my head. So sometimes when there's too many in my head, I need to write them down and push them out of the way and focus on the book I'm working on. But I started out, let's see, I, so I always have an idea. I always know um, kind of a beginning, middle, end in my head, usually. Um, on the series I'm working on now, I'm doing the third book in the Sawyer Brooks series. Um, it, the ending didn't come to me till the third book. So that got, that was a little scary because usually I kind of know where my ending's going to go when I start a series. And, but my writing process, it, you know, like I said, it took me five years for my first mm -hmm. medieval time travel. And after that, I'm the type that someone will say, oh, you really should outline. So I'll try outlining or, oh, to write faster, you should do this. So I have always tried everything. Writing fast doesn't work for me. Putting on a timer, putting that pressure on doesn't really work for me. So I always just go back to my own thing, which is... Um, now I can't I can't do the outline. The outline, it's kind of for me a waste of time because I I don't stick to it. Why spend a month writing this amazing detailed outline that I never stick to? So I just I just go for it. But like I said, I usually know a name. I know some uh, maybe one or two main characters, and I know beginning, middle, end. Great. Well. Do you have any writing rituals that you use when you when you sit down at your at your laptop or computer each day? I sit down at I, well, I try and I give myself maybe ten minutes to look at social media, and that's that's tough. That's the one that I really have to work on. But um, you know, I have a deadline. Like I have a book due in three weeks, so I'm just I'm just very disciplined, I guess, because. I know I don't have time for that. If I want to get this done and I want it done right, I don't have time for all that. But I have to admit, I did. I found an alarm where it's it goes ding, ding, ding after 30 minutes. And I'm watching some of the master classes, Joyce Carol Oates. Oh, and, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Neil Gaiman on master class. And so I try some of their things and I have the alarm and it kind of works because, you know, if you're like, okay, you can check your social media for two minutes if you get um, – as many words as possible in 30 minutes. So I try that. So I don't, I'm still working on it, but basically I just come in, I have my coffee, my um, water, and I sit down and write. Great. Well, you mentioned earlier about switching from romance to thrillers and you really felt like that was a huge shift for you and you found your voice. Are there any other genres that you would like to write in or explore in the future? That's a great question. Um, well, I, so I had written um, time travel romance, contemporary romance, romantic suspense, and then before I finally got to thrillers, and I do kind of want to finish my, um, I have one half written time travel, but that's such a niche thing, and it's, but it's a great story that I have, so I kind of want to finish that story, but other than that, 
I thought about the vein of horror, like Stephen King, because I love all his books. Um, but but no, I think I'm sticking with thrillers, but not always not always a serial killer. Mm-hmm. I'd like to try something else without a serial killer, just a pure mystery, maybe. Sure. Yeah. So what what advice? I mean, given your you know uh, 18 years of of going unpublished and sticking with it and and going through all of those ups and lots of downs, it sounds like what advice would you offer for listeners? who are writing or working on their own stories or novels? I would say I, I truly, I hate saying this, but you, I truly believe in, um, well, first of all, reading every day. I read every night and I write every day. I mean, yeah, I might quit early sometimes, or there's days when you just can't get to the computer, but they're, they're few and far between for me. And I just don't see how you can get better you can't be afraid. I would tell people, re- writers, new writers, um, nobody's going to see what you're writing. So write that crappy first draft. Write a um, scene. Write a chapter. But write something. Try to write something every day or do a thousand words in a week. I mean, do something. But to me, that's the biggest thing. And then you have to believe in yourself. There, there. People did tell me I couldn't do it. And that just eggs me on. Um, okay, well, I'm going to do it. Why not me? Why not you? Why not all those people that want to be writers? They can do it. If I can do it, they can do it. They just have to want it bad enough to to keep writing. And so what books have you read recently, fiction or nonfiction, that you would recommend? Um, I read both fiction and nonfiction, but lately I've been reading. Um, I'm one, I always read the popular books, like if when the the immortalist was um, doing great, I read that. And but right now I read all Stephen King's. I just read the Institute, and I'm reading right now Lisa Gardner's When You See Me. Of course, I love all her books. Um, she's been such an inspiration to me. I got to do a little interview with her, and that was a pinch me moment. It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm talking to the author who, in my mind, made this happen. If I hadn't seen her story about switching, I don't think I ever, I don't know if I would have tried it. But I'm also reading Lisa Gray's um, Thin Air was great. And Greg Olson, I don't know if you've read any of his. It's dark and um, some dark stuff, and I like it. Snow Creek is one of his. And Lisa Jules, The Family Upstairs. So um, all good. And I'm on Goodreads. That's a good place you can see what I'm reading. Great. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your books? You can learn everything on my website at trreagan.com. Otherwise, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and I think it's author T.R. Reagan on all those and Facebook, of course, and Goodreads. So I'm easy to find. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with bestselling writer Teresa Reagan. Her new novel, Don't Make a Sound, published under the name T.R. Reagan, has just been published. So go buy a copy of the novel now. And Teresa, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you so much. It's been fun. With your audiobooks purchases. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen to audiobooks during your commute, while doing chores, 
walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro.fm app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best, your local bookseller. Reading and Writing Podcast Special Offer. Get two audiobooks for the price of one with your first month of membership with code RWPODCAST. That's code RWPODCAST for two audiobooks for the price of one for your first month of membership at Libro.fm. Stay tuned for the interview. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.